0: Hey guys, Launchpad Podcast here. You know the business. Follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod. On our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Check us out on YouTube. We're really good looking, handsome podcasters. <laughs> God damn, I'm I'm looking you at us to, like in Zoom windows up right the now. Strength
1: for that. Yeah, like, oh, we're really good looking.
0: <laughs> or maybe I was just floored by how good looking we are, and I'm just like,
1: I like how you it? keep saying we instead of me.
0: I mean, m- m- me would be me, but. I, I I lump us both in and handsome.
1: Yeah, you think you consider yourself a handsome fellow? Oh, I'm I think you're handsome.
0: Handsome boy. Fuck yeah, dude! Look at this beard. I got the hair rocking. It doesn't help that it's like enforced a lot. Like a lot of people like reinforce that opinion. So
1: that you're handsome.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. but do they say it's beard based? Cause you're sound making it sound like it's beard based,
0: but beard and hair, beard and hair, the hair, the long hair, which I don't, I have it up right now, but you know,
1: Oh yeah. Up. It looks stupid as shit, but down you actually
0: look really attractive. <laughs> 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 Matt hates a ponytail. Matt hates, Matt
1: hates well, on a, a douchebag, Yeah. But if looks like, uh, like hot chicks uh, can wear ponytails, it looks good.
0: Nah, I rock, I rock a man bun, dude. You don't even know
1: if you shaved your face. Do you not think you'd look as cute?
0: Uh, I'd look younger, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I like the jaw. I, you know, I like the beard. I think
1: it... no, it I, looks good, and you you rock a good beard too.
0: I rock a good beard. You know, snarly beard and long hair. It's fucking great. Anyway, let's talk about some comments. Yeah, our
1: topic some... today is how handsome Aaron is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys used to It'll be a short episode. <laughs> <Spider-Man>.
0: <laughs> let's get on with the show.
1: Ignition sequence start. Six five
0: four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm uh, Matt. Matt. We're doing, you know, we haven't just sat down and talked about some movies in a while. We've, we've had no, some we've themes, been busy. We've, we've had, had, had an
1: agenda lately, yeah. huh? We've had a lot of, lot of people on, big people, small people, my dad. Yeah. We've had, you fun. know, a lot of topics that we've been meaning to get to that, like, we, you know, did some research and, you know, like, worked on. Today's just been more of, like, a kickback. What have you been doing? What have you been up to? What have you been reading? What have you been watching?
0: Yeah, man. Well, Kate and I have been on a 90s kick let me explain this because you know we grew up we were born in the 80s but grew up in the 90s but a sure. lot of 90s cinema we were too young to see mm. and then when we were old enough to like study film like when i went to film school they weren't talking about 90s movies <laughs> like the That's 80s fair. yeah the 80s were just dipping into film school as, like okay we can talk about the 80s now like literally this past year t- uh Turner Classic Movies had like some '80s films on their list, and people are like, "Ah, Scandalo!" And it's like, guys, they're good movies. Like, how like how old does a movie have to be before it can be considered right before a you classic? can be
1: considered a classic? Yeah, well, like, what year were you born?
0: Eighty four.
1: Okay, so I'm eighty two. So two, you're you're like my sister's age or two years younger.
0: Right, but I'm sure the same goes for you. There's a lot of cinema in the '90s where you're like, I don't give a shit about hackers, and nobody's gonna tell you that hackers is good, sure. but. You watch Hackers and you're like, wow, this is so tragically 90s and MTV, mm-hmm. but it's actually really a lot of fun. Not a good movie, but like a slice of the 90s. Because here's what's happening in the 90s: MTV has come out, so everything's like going like a million mm-hmm. miles a minute, zipping at you, super in your face. The music's pumping. You know, Quentin Tarantino's still working at a, a music at a, a video store, and he's writing Natural Born Killers and True Romance and shit, trying to sell movies. So like, cinema hasn't changed. Uh, for a long time, and then suddenly the 90s hits, and it's all like tan, 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 tan. They get the like techno beat up in their soul. So, like, we started <laughs> watching, we watched uh, Hackers, which was wild, yeah. Um, uh, Dust Till Dawn, Cliffhanger, The Matrix, Office Space, Matinee, Natural Born Killers, Last Action Hero, Matinee
1: with John Goodman, yeah,
0: 1993. I had never seen it. I'd never seen it.
1: I saw yep. it when it came out on video, and I remember wanting to see it because it had a giant praying mantis in it. Yeah, turns out that's not really the focus of the movie.
0: No, and no, but it's funny because matinee. It's about a uh, this guy who tries to come up with like goofy gimmicks for movies during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like literally, the Cuban Missile Crisis is happening during the movie, and everybody is afraid that they're going to die, which. From a movie standpoint, that being the backdrop was very interesting and pretty cool. Mm. It's a cool movie. And they do fun, goofy gimmick, 3D and, and rumblers in your seat and sprays and smell-o-vision. It's basically the movie Popcorn, but nobody's getting murdered.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so like a lesser popcorn? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Popcorn's a weird movie, too, because it was filmed in Jamaica. So everyone in the audience is Jamaican, but the main stars are like, we're at our New York film school. <laughs> Good thing we're in America. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, this movie sucks, man. And you're like, what? <laughs> Why is everybody in this movie but the main is Jamaican? <laughs> really goofy. But yeah, we watched a shit ton of movies. It was wild. And you know, I don't know. How do you feel about Natural Born Killers? Let's start Lo-
1: there. Well, okay. So Natural Born Killers, I could do two episodes on that because it was a formative movie for me for a lot of reasons. Number one, And we've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times. My parents were very much like, what movie do you want to watch? Oh, a rated R horror movie? Okay. And they let me watch a lot of stuff. Pulp Fiction and Natural Born Killers were the two movies that they, and I was in high school for both of them, that they said I can't watch. So naturally being in high school and my parents and I were having a lot of drama at the time anyway, naturally in high school, I was like, I will stop at nothing to not only watch those movies, but to own them. And I think they're both great. Natural Born Killers is really interesting. Uh, So so for me, it has a nostalgic value, even if it was shitty. I don't think it is. But even if it was shitty, it was important to me at the time because it was like a rebellion thing where I was like, fuck my parents. I'm going to watch this. It was such an um, I mean, it's not an angry movie, but it's about angry characters. So as a teenager, I can relate
0: to it. Pretty damn angry movie. Well, it's
1: a violent movie, but I don't think it's about anger it's about how our nation and the media glorifies a lot of shit that it shouldn't be glorifying and, and the I movie think, itself glorifies those characters
0: well and i think it's one of those movies that says hey guys don't glorify violence by glorifying violence Watch how fucking
1: cool this yeah, is how yeah. cool.
0: so like i think to teenagers you're like fuck yeah but like as an adult you kind of get the nuance of like well it's trying to say it but i don't think it's doing a great job of mm. being like this is bad because I think at the same time it's like fucking cool these guys are killing everybody. Um I think the movie's wild. The first time I ever saw it I was yeah. in college because again, too young to ever see it. Um in high school older kids were like blah, 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 I love this right. movie, man and it's so punk like it really is punk rock. It's the thing your parents don't want you to see. Yeah. I mean it literally know? was
1: that for me, yeah. right?
0: Exactly. Um I saw it in college and I thought that, I thought it was garbage. I thought it was garbage. Just mm. steaming garbage. Like it's it's frantic it's, again, cut like a music video. It's just doing all this weird, wild styles. This was, the you know, and, and I had only seen it the one time. So then I watched it now, and I watched it with Kate, and she's like, you know what? I see what they're trying to do, and I respect that they're trying to capture the 90s in a, in a style. They're trying to do what they're trying to do with the violence and the idea, but it is, it's a weird movie. And I don't think, I don't think, I think it will always have its place because of what it is. You know, it's, it's like a, a punk rock song. Mm -hmm. you know and and maybe that's the thing like punk rock isn't about the quality of the music a lot of punk rock music is admittedly garbage sure we're here to rebel and we're here to have a good time and we're here to break things so that movie i think was like i'm gonna try and throw all the shit at the walls and see what sticks see what blows up what blood stays what you know and they just killed everybody it's it's so frenetic it's kind of it's bizarre. It's wild.
1: I like your idea about like, we're just going to do what we're going to do and break things because I do feel that's how it is. And when I first saw that, I was just starting to like study film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not just watch a movie and say, I like it, but I was reading about specific films, but about film in general. And when you watch that, there's so many, many different pieces that don't necessarily fit with the other ones. Like the first scene, they're in a diner And he ends up shooting at a waitress and you're almost like an over the shoulder of the spinning bullet POV and it like stops right in front of her for a second and then kills her. And it's like, why, why was that a choice? Right. And then like later on when you uh, do the flashback to when Mickey, you know, rescues Mallory from her family and her abusive father and stuff. It's like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but it's like this weird sitcom thing. Right. And you do all these different things. There's a lot of interesting music choices and lighting choices and camera choices. I believe he shot on multiple types of stocks.
0: Yeah. 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 A lot of rear screen projection and stuff. 16 different types of film. And it's
1: like, I I think as a kid who was in love with film, right? Like I still am, but then it was like this beautiful film, not the, not natural bone killers per se, but, Film was like this beautiful thing that I was just starting to learn about and understand that like your choice in camera angle influences how I interpret a scene. I as the audience. Right. And watching that on that movie, I think there was a lot of examples where I was like, this is how like he's using a gel on this light for a reason. Yeah. The rear screen projection is for a reason. And I thought that was so cool and so interesting and the fact that it was so far from the normal conventions, you know what I mean? Any other director at the time, including Tarantino, were to make that movie. I know Tarantino like wrote and produced it, but if he directed it, it would be made differently. And I feel like it was an interesting art piece at the time. I know I, I'm putting words to what my teenage mind liked back then, but I think that's yeah, how I yeah. felt about it. Because you
0: know? here's, here's another good example is like, I saw... Um, Devil's Rejects, I can't remember if I saw in high school or in college. Whenever it came out, I saw it, and mm-hmm. I loved that movie. And it's basically the same movie, but not as MTV, man. Sure, yeah, I think that's right. And, and I think just the style was very arresting to me. And if this was the first time I think I respected it, it as like, oh, I get what, I see where it came from, I see the importance of why that is like, that is like raw 90s on film stock. And mm-hmm. it is it's an intense thing. I, I think I, I, I don't think that level of violence, certainly I think in the in the wrong viewer, is going to glorify it. People Sure, see absolutely. That, like, because you know, people who say that you can't be affected by movies or like video violent video games aren't harmful. That's bullshit. It's just also, what are you gonna do about it? It's it's most people are fine, so is this guy is this one idiot gonna but like I think there's a lot of kids who watch that movie and are like, fuck yeah. Well, but you and I think out. like
1: you said you could make that argument about The Matrix. You could make that sure. argument about Gladiator. You could make that argument about but but, Dude, no joke. Kent hit me with a metal pot the other day and said, "Not the mama." And I was like, "That's hysterical. You're not allowed to do that, though." <laughs> you know, like but I also think like there I have a I have a parental responsibility to describe to my son that that is fake. Yep. That is on TV. It's silly on TV, but we don't do that in real life cuz it can hurt. And he clearly thinks that that's a funny. He wasn't trying to hurt me. He thought it was funny to emulate the baby in dinosaurs. That's and I was amazing. like, I was like, first of all, what a reference to pull because we hadn't watched the show in weeks, and he remembered it. Um, but yeah, no, now, now next he'll be burning Barney because he saw it on Beavis and Butthead. But <laughs> at least I'm culturing my kid by making him watch cool shit.
0: But um, I, just, I don't think anybody has the context ready for Natural Born Killers. I think that's it's just. Hmm. It just rocks, rocks your world, and makes you just. If it, 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 it's either going to amp you up like a fucking rock song, you know, like I said, punk rock, or repel you. Sure, I, and I, 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 it I can. It's one of those that. movies that
1: I you know. understand. Like, I understand why moms' groups didn't like it. I understand why religious groups didn't like. it. I understand why people didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I it'd be interesting to test this theory again. But I feel like if you made that movie today, whether it was the same movie or something similar. Pretty much no matter who you got to play, and I think um, the Joker, the movie Joker is a good example. Whoever played it would just relish the role of being crazy so hard that it would ruin it for me. And I don't remember the last person I saw, last actor I saw in a movie that was crazy and effective. I think right now most and a joker again is just the first example and it's a great. I mean, what example about what about
0: the joker that was good? The the Dark Knight Joker was
1: That was good crazy. too. Yeah. But I feel like that was good. He did a good job. He played crazy and he leaned into it, but he leaned into it as part of the character. I feel like Joaquin Phoenix and Joker did a good job, but it was like the the portrayal itself in my opinion was self-indulgent to the point where it wasn't as good to me. I think if it was dialed back just a bit, it would have been more enjoyable. And sure. I feel like I've seen so many movies lately, both shitty and good, where the actor slash directors are just like, all right, you're crazy. And they're like,
0: well, I'm crazy. The Jared Leto Joker was crazy like that. But like that's I mean,
1: that was I think that was written that way. But I feel like if you were to make a movie right now about two star crossed lovers who were murderers, serial killers that got glorified, it would be so extremely portrayed Whereas I feel like um, Juliet Lewis and Woody Harrelson are so effective in that movie, they are fucking scary, I think. Because at any given moment, they're just killing a room full of people for literally no reason. And I feel like they don't do such an such a over-the-top job of portraying those characters that it in the movie, it makes it credible and it makes it scary. For
0: me. I, I will say this, though. They are that over-the-top. The movie out over the tops them. So they seem normal <laughs> okay. compared to like... So, you know, you got Woody Harrelson being like, I'm crazy, dude. Well, the whole thing is he's the cool killer and she's the one who gets kind of hot under the collar. Like, she'll get amped up and, you know, start stabbing guys over a jukebox. Sure, sure. But like, the movie is so dialed up around them to like, not even 11. We're talking this movie's dialed up to 20 with all mm-hmm. the weird camera shit and stuff. So they do seem relatively calm and normal. when I, 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 I think if you remove the noise of the movie, they'd be very over-the-top and weird, too. Interesting. It's wild. It's wild. And you have um, Robert Downey Jr. as, a, as an Australian. <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> oh, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones is in there. Like It's just full of wild cameos. It's a bizarre movie, man. It, it, it's fun to check out, but again... Oh,
1: Tommy Lee Jones. Fuck, I completely you know, forgot about it. He's the warden,
0: right? He's the warden, yeah. Uh, filmed at a real prison, and they had to lock it down because it incited a riot that everybody was so amped up about the movie. So it's just like, Oh, my God. Crazy. It's a crazy movie. And Oliver Stone's one of those crazy directors to do that. But you're right. If they did it today, I mean, it, 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 again, it, theres I don't think there's anything like it that this amped up.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Up. Yeah, I'm trying to maybe, think maybe what crank, I would
0: think. Maybe Crank 2 is is this amped up, but not as mean. Because
1: it's got like an aura and an energy to it. Like the movie yeah. creates that in the audience. You could tell it was probably, like you said, if there's a fucking riot. But it, it felt like that. it was probably that way on set. Like it was probably not the most comfortable movie to work on at times. Right. I think some of those scenes to shoot would have been fucking just intense. You ever, like you've been on movies. I've been on movies where people are being like in the movie are being tortured. And sometimes it's just stupid and over the top and fake, but sometimes like you can feel the energy of the actors, both the torturer and the torturee where it like, it almost is uncomfortable. I would imagine natural born killers would have been a lot of very
0: that. uncomfortable. Well, there's a scene where they walk through a bunch of rattlesnakes and they're like, Oh, we just shot it at night. So it was cold and they weren't as um, yeah. active. And it was like, you're watching this scene and snakes are like biting at their boots. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, that would have been a very intense scene to like film around. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I can't imagine. I can't
1: imagine. Then They have to go, they break into a farmer or they go to a pharmacy that has some giant weird mural on the wall and everything, everything is, is green on green lit. Yes. Yeah. Like, to me, like as a kid watching that, I was like, "Why would a pharmacy look like that?" And they made—I understood that they made that choice cinematically, yeah. and I thought that was so cool to study that art to me. And it was so much to study in one movie.
0: But now, you, and also, it was like glorifying violence. The, yeah, it glorified violence. Nowadays, if you did it, people would be like, "Party jails. what a loser! <laughs> like, what is this? What is this film <laughs> school crap?" But that's the thing—it inspired so many. Like, I mean, Pulp Fiction and this movie, like Quentin Tarantino's early Ovra. Inspired so many filmmakers oh, for in sure, yeah. the early aughts and the late 90s. And literally everybody would just was obsessed with that in college. I mean, mm-hmm. Boondock Saints, uh, to a lesser degree, but like they all glorified the fuck out of violence and made sure. it really cool. It's, it's
1: well, it's interesting because you you could it would uh, be fun to do an episode or a discussion about like glorified and or verse stylized, right? Because I feel like you sure. said Boondock Saints and you take Natural Born Killers, both of them do glorify violence. I think almost every action movie does, mm-hmm. but they also are very stylized violence. You know what I mean? Natural Born Killers is an uncomfortable style. Boondock Saints is like fun, right? Nobody worries yeah. that he fucking shoots the cat. Nobody worries about any of the murders in that because they're vigilantes and it looks fucking cool. Yeah. You know?
0: what? what I mean, and again, it's completely down to that tone. Natural Born Killers is mean from the beginning to the end.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's mean. And I think, and I, like, I think that's, it's has supposed
1: to, you're supposed to be like, I am uncomfortable yeah. by this. You're supposed to be like, this is fucking real. Like yeah. when there's a serial killer or a school shooting or something like that, it becomes this phenomena, a media phenomena where it becomes, it's not even what you're watching and learning and, and interested in is not even what was happening. It's the, the, you know, the surrounding situations,
0: the, the circus. Yeah. And it, it feels that way. And it, it's it's interesting because because we also we watched a movie um, just for funsies. We watched a um, uh, Kung Fu Hustle was one. It's not really a nineties movie, but we watched it. It was fun, mm-hmm. and like that movie's super violent, but it's basically a live action cartoon Kung Fu right. movie. Right. So like how how is that line? How do you find that? And it's all in tone. You know, it's all in tone. Yeah. And and you know the main consequences,
1: right? I think yeah. if there's if you don't see consequences in a movie it's not as big a deal, right?
0: Sure. And and that's the weird thing about Natural Born Killers is you see a lot of consequences but then they outskirt them and kill everybody anyway. Right. <laughs> Which is fucking wild. What a fucking wild movie. So yeah, big 90s.
1: What else is so what else is on your list? You said Hackers. Hackers I saw for the first time maybe three or four years ago i just missed like i was old enough but i missed it somehow again it's fun it's like you said it's fun if someone was like let's have a 90s movie night everyone bring a movie i could see that being on the table no problem i mean it encompasses the 90s in multiple things it's a fun one of those like it's almost like the outsiders of the 90s where you're like where where did this actress career go where did this actress become From that, you know, all these
0: big names, people, all these interesting characters. And they, um, the thing I liked about that is, had all these super unnecessary, like, camera tricks Mm -hmm. for people hacking. So they're like, we got to hack the system. They all start typing, and they all have, like, their own little computers, and they're plugging them into phones, because I guess that's how you did it. And you're like, hackety hackety. And they would do this shot where, like, they're in a phone booth, and the phone booth is spinning, and the world around them is standing still and that's like they built a phone booth on a lazy susan right. and the camera's yeah. attached to it so it would spin around them and and everybody in the train station's walking around them in a different direction so it's like very cool but how unnecessary for a hack 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 moment and then like when they go inside the computer literally somebody built a miniature city out of like computer parts so it looked like they were like flying through a city aerial view mm-hmm. but it's not CGI. This is the '90s, so somebody built a right, city a out of computer that parts. Made. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you're just like, that's a lot of effort for hackety hack. Like, and and the language in it, I love it because they're like, we've bypassed the second security mainframe on the on the, and they're coming back at us. And you see all these like goofy ass graphics, and you know the people that who are being hacked are like, we have to circumvent them and go through the mainframe backside. just <laughs> so goofy, but. I loved it. It was fun. You know
1: Well, you bring up an interesting point about that city having been made because the nineties as a decade, right. Is pretty much, and not to be, not to say that computers and visual optical effects weren't in place. Cause they certainly were, but like the nineties were the last time where, when you saw something, you could be reasonably sure it existed. Yeah. It was real. Someone well, made that. And 100%. there's a ton of movies that you could watch, especially fantasy, sci-fi stuff. And a little bit of horror where you're like, Whatever I just saw, that happened. They yeah. made that. That was a real thing. And some of it looks great. Some of it doesn't look good. Some of it, you see what they were attempting. And I think through the lens of time, it looks bad. But in the 90s, nobody cared or nobody would have shat on it then because yeah. it was all you had. But it's a—it's almost like what you said about Tarantino and um, I forget who else you said. Kevin Smith, but I don't know if you said him. But Ke- like those guys were making movies then. and And I think you and I... Being a generation behind them we're like, we can do this. We can make movies. We can work on movies. When you see a zombie movie and you see like a bitch and machete effect, you know that they did that on the day. It's fucking exciting. You know what I mean? Even if you don't want to make zombies for a living, yeah. even if you don't want to work in film for a living, it's cool to think that they did that. Now, I think when you watch something amazing you don't have that how do you do that feeling because you know how they did it it was probably computers which means nobody's i think we're not thinking that anymore right
0: right i i don't look at thanos and go man Mm -hmm. what an awesome suit right someone did that yeah okay it's there beep up and i know and i know that's a shit ton of work motion capture animation modeling texturing lighting that's a fuck ton of work and it takes a lot of people but there's something about that and then when you see uh, Tim Curry in I Am Legend with those horns, and you're like, that's Not a I costume. I Am Legend, legend. Legend, legend, yeah, yeah. You see him in the, as the devil in right. Legend with the giant horns and the whole costume, and you're like, holy shit. He was like shit.
1: that on the day, yeah. That
0: is that is a costume. That is a monster. Holy cow. And and that's difficult, but there's two movies that come out in the 90s that change all of it. And it is Jurassic Park, 1993, and The Matrix, 1999. And after that, nothing is the same. Jurassic Park and the Matrix changed the game because people suddenly were like, oh, computers are a tool. And the Matrix made like action style. People ripped that shit off for the next decade. <laughs> and Jurassic Park proved that you could create a CG animated creature and have it be believable. And then from that point on, people were like, we're doing that. Let's do that. That worked. <laughs> Jurassic Park did it. And they're like, "What? that's ILM. They've been doing it since the <laughs> '70s.
1: That wasn't you, jackass. That was ILM. <laughs> yeah, ILM's
0: been working on that shit since the '70s, and the fact that they were able to pull out so, like, you suddenly get a rash of crap CGI. Sure, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> like horror movies. Like I'm, I can't, I keep going back to the Faculty, which mm-hmm. not a bad movie. It's actually a really good movie, but the CGI in it is, yeah, atrocious.
1: But you know, it's like what you had at the time. It was the yeah. best you could afford slash. Some of the technology, like the best technology at the time was not necessarily that, 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 that much better. Jurassic Park was great, but Jurassic Park was also made by one of, I would say, the best filmmakers in history, but certainly the best filmmakers of like our time, right? Spielberg is one of the best filmmakers. Think of how much practical shit they use. They use the CG when they needed it, when they couldn't do anything else. That was the best way to do it. Still had a three story tall T-Rex. Yeah, Yeah. still built
0: the T-Rex and the T-Rex still did shit. And then. You know, And then they had, to, they had to work hard to blend the real and the fake and make it work. And I mm-hmm. don't think people put that level of care anymore. <laughs> but,
1: and like I said, that goes back to my point where when you watch mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, there are scenes where you're like, I think that was a practical raptor head that they had on set. And there's another one where you're like, that's a guy in legs. And there's another one where you're like, I think that was a CG, but it might have been a puppet. But you're not really sure. Or at yeah. least you have a wonder... And I think that wonder creates wonder and enjoyment. Whereas now, like when you said Thanos, how many characters are like from the shoulders down or from, you know, from the cowl out are a makeup, but the face is CGI. But because the face is CGI, I think our minds inadvertently kind of write it all off as like, Oh, that's CGI. And you're not even thinking about the customer who did that fucking art. You know, I guess the lab guys who made the armor, the customer who put the armor on somebody, you just, write the whole thing off as like oh it's it's you know that character was cgi even when there's practical elements that really have a lot of work going into them
0: well, and then you just see a picture of robert downey jr in the gray pajamas with tracking marks all over and they're like oh iron man cgi but it's like right. no stan winston studios right, built they built a suit of armor right and yes there is quite a bit of cgi when he's flying when he's doing this and like when he's landing and transforming and they do it all the time they just replace the costume but somebody still has to design that and build that Mm-hmm. um you know and, and cgi definitely I, when i saw blade 2 16 times um th- that movie put the wonder of cgi in my mind how did they make those vampires turn into fire and dust and crumble like that mm. blew my mind and i wanted to figure out how they did that i mean that that was really what set me off on like keeping digital in my back pocket is something to come back to later but i think now it's so omnipresent that You know, like you said, it just we just assume that it's fake and move on.
1: And it also kind of sucks for that, too. Like we're crazy off topic, but like even shitty CGI, a lot of work went into that. A lot of people worked hard to do stuff. (laughs) And if CGI, I think I think at least the our generation and older would rather see practical stuff than CGI, whether it works or not. I don't know about. Kids younger than us, because maybe they grew up with CGI. But I think that if you and I watch, let's say, a a dinosaur movie that has a not super, super amazing puppet in it, we will forgive that faster than if it has not great CGI. I think we condemn that a lot harder, a lot faster because of our generation.
0: Our, I, when I worked for the Kyoto Brothers, um, one of the Ed Kyoto told me he says, "Look, it doesn't matter how shitty the puppet looks; your mind knows it' real. It's real, and no matter mm-hmm. how good the CGI looks, your mind knows it's fake."
1: And I think that's true. And I think we really shit on CGI hard when it's bad, or even when it's not good. Even if it's not bad, like that Blade One bad, you know, it's like not good. But like. Even those things, a bunch of people worked on that, worked really hard, put a lot of work. And just to get that to that level took so much work. But it's kind of hard because CGI, maybe because good CGI looks so good that like anything less than that, your mind is automatically like stupid. Well, suspension of disbelief ruined.
0: I guess I guess it's because here's here's a hypothesis. Mm. There's no reason in a lot of people's minds for cgi to be shitty you have a computer it's unlimited resources right right you right. don't have the time like a puppet costs money and a puppet you have to sculpt and a puppet you have to build i can understand why a puppet might be shitty i couldn't build a puppet but people just assume that a computer should be perfect and i think computers are expected to be perfect which is ridiculous because even if i'm not doing cgi i'm just doing a spreadsheet my computer's a piece of shit so like <laughs> I mean, come on, let's give us some credit here. But but I don't think people realize you're still doing the exact same things you would do if it was practical. You're just in a digital space. Right. You're work on a computer. Like, somebody still has to sculpt the monster. Right, right. You don't just type the anime. word
1: dinosaur on the computer yeah. and it spits out Jurassic Park. Like, like you gotta fucking make things, different angles, you gotta make structure. Like for the dinosaur, you gotta make a skeleton, right? You gotta make an armature yeah. inside, you gotta put a skin over it. You have to color and texture that skin you have
0: and, to light that skin. you have to skin. hand animate it you right. have to animate it and you know yes the computer can help you there's motion tracking you can have a person act like a dinosaur and they're walking through and then you you can animate it like a like an old cartoon but in 3d there's so many ways to do it but i think people expect perfection because again there is no reason it shouldn't look amazing with if you're using a computer i true but at the same time unfair because a lot goes into it time budget you know yeah. those things really affect how good CG can be. And here's like a weird example. You know, the the Princess Leia and the Grand Moff Tarkin from uh, Rogue Mm -hmm. One. So close to being perfect. Holy... Yeah. So close to being good, but some sort of weird, uncanny valley shit that just didn't fucking work. And... All it takes is one producer to be like, I don't think her nose looks like that. And like somebody who's like, we literally scanned her face from (laughs) every, every frame of every movie she was in and built a digital representation. And you're telling me you don't think that's right. So we're changing it to look different. That sucks. And like that, that's the kind of shit that can happen. It takes one person to, to just make one note and then it's, it's in the garbage. Did you see Ghostbusters yet? No. No. Okay, I won't spoil it, but they do mm-hmm. they do some of the best
1: Princess Leia's there.
0: Princess Leia I've ever seen. Yeah. They do the best posthumous CGI I've ever seen. It's amazing.
1: That would be job. cool as shit is if the end of the movie, um, Yoda and Obi-Wan and Leia appear as Jedi ghosts and then they're like <laughs>
0: <laughs> i dig it. Um yeah, Ghostbusters. Was, Ghostbusters was awesome. They did a great job.
1: Good. I heard it was good. I'll get th- I'll get there. Yeah. Um all right, uh, so nineties nineties movies, nineties kicks. I'll have to think now what are some good 90s movies to, to throw your way if you haven't seen them. I thought you were going to say shit like Clueless and Can't Hardly Wait.
0: I watch Clueless too. I mean, it's fun. It's stupid. Clueless it's is
1: Clueless, Yeah, it's it is what it is. I remember seeing that in theaters because that was like when Alicia Silverstone was like hot, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember watching it a couple years ago. Now, a couple years ago, I had already seen it multiple times. I had been through film school. I'm a grown man. I'm watching it with Amanda and she dead serious turns to me and explains the irony of the title to me. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. It's called I, clueless. I was like, I get it.
0: I mean, uh, another one with 10 things I hate about you. It's like, it's stupid. Like it's not my genre, but it's, sure. it's a completely entertaining film. No problem. Mm-hmm. there. I enjoy yeah, it.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, Yeah. We watched a bunch of them. Cliffhanger, stupid fun, you know,
1: I watched that one recently. That's just like, that's an unsung one. It's almost like Commando. Like when you say like, what's the best Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? There's so many A-lists <sighs> that you think about. God, so hard. Commando has never gotten the, um, the, the recognition that Terminator or Terminator two or Predator has. Yep. But like that is, if you said I only had, I can only watch one, you know, stereotypical action movie. Oh I think I'd point you towards Commando because it has everything.
0: It's also because i don't think it's like a top tier like blockbuster action film it fits better in the vhs 80s action team.
1: sure i think yeah you're right it's, it, it it's got that vintage idea about it whereas yes. watch terminator even terminator one is a little too polished kind like, of
0: yeah and they're glossy yeah. shit. and like yeah you know, yeah like, yeah i love i love total recall so much one of mm-hmm. one of my favorite sci-fi arnold schwarzenegger movies but like where does that fit in his overall other than being fucking awesome commando if somebody's like I want to watch an 80s action film that has big guns and big muscles commando is hits every note it
1: really does it's I mean he's it you know he's shirtless or 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 sh- sleeveless at least for a while it has some of the funniest slash dumbest quips in it yeah like across the board he can't say half of them which just makes it even better it's got great action super violence for sometimes no real reason him crazy bullshit in a mall jumping and swinging on a mall
0: flinging the blades around the same mall that they filmed fucking um shopping shopping mall mall in yes i love that woman
1: fucking pulls out a for a rocket launcher and shoots it the wrong way blows up a car like in the middle of a street (laughs) come on like what doesn't it have
0: (laughs) commando's great fucking great and like again not his best but I don't think you can get much better for like a VHS era, big guns, big muscle sure. 80s action movie. Fucking
1: but that muscle. said, I think Cliffhanger is in a similar category because I yes. watched it recently. Yes. And it's way better than I remember it being. And it's one of those things that it's like, again, Stallone, I don't think ever hit Schwarzenegger's high watermark. But when you say top five Stallone movies, Cliffhanger's probably not on most people's. Cliff Eric is fucking great. He yeah. does a fine job. It's certainly not Shakespeare. But it's, I love for an 80, for a 90s action movie, it's yeah. fun as shit.
0: Fun as shit. Great and sequences. I love Michael Rooker as his yeah. like buddy in it, as a good guy. Normally, like to me, Michael yeah. Rooker is like, you know, sure. Walking Dead, creeper. And Henry portrait of serial killer.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, <Yep>. yeah, he's <laughs> he, a creepy guy. Slither.
0: Yeah, Slither. He always plays this. You know, he does a great job at it. Uh, you know, in the Gardens of the Galaxy movies. But this is like, he's a good guy and he's the buddy, and like. It's fun. What a fun movie. Cliffhanger was great.
1: And it's also one of those things. It's like when you set a horror movie on an airplane, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you don't do it great because now you're stuck in an airplane for the whole movie. When you set an action movie in the fucking Alps on these mountains or whatever, if that doesn't work, if your action movie doesn't work there, it just feels weird. But that movie's great. They have some great sequences In and around these caves and mountains and fucking helicopters. Glaciers, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking cool.
0: Here's something I will say about watching all these 90s movies. Because, you know, you grow up in that era and actors come up with you. There Mm -hmm. are so many. Who the fuck is that guy? I recognize that guy. Who is that fucking guy? That guy, he's in a thing. But what movie? Who is that guy from that stuff? And Cliffhanger had that moment where one of these like, yo, bro, tubular, let's catch some pow-pow-nardos. Random
1: snowboarders, skiers yeah. that like get involved.
0: One of them, who the blonde one with the long hair, I was like, who is that fucking dude? Why can't I remember what he's in? And I finally realized he's one of the bullies in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Again, just some random ass shit from the 90s that you're like, I Did know. Did you look a, him up? I had to. I had and to. And that
1: was, that was where you recognized him from? The Hocus Pocus Bully?
0: The Hocus Pocus Bully. And you know what else he's in? Falling down. He's in the McDonald's when they're like, again.
1: That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. must have been a non-speaking role for that one.
0: Yeah. No, no. He's literally just at one point goes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> So mm. goofy. Yeah, so that goofy. movie. That cliffhanger is a lot of fun. If you guys haven't seen cliffhanger in a while, Check it is it worth going back and checking out. It is fun.
0: Um, bef- uh, We still have a little bit of time. I do want to put on your radar, I have a, a Christmas movie I want to talk about before we finish. So let me okay. know if you still want to talk 90s movies. Do you have any movies that have you watched, Matt?
1: Oh, well, actually, I just watched one the other night. That, actually, I watched two the other night that I would talk about horror uh nice. 1976 alice sweet alice have you seen
0: that one the creepy girl in the Rango with the creepy mask yeah, yeah pretty. that's good. one of those
1: movies that this is at least the fourth time i've watched it and i never kind of remember it and then i'll always be like i haven't watched that in a while let me throw it back in and if you guys haven't seen alice sweet alice it's about two sisters one of them is played by brooke shields one of them is played by another girl who looks familiar let me see if i know who she is the Brooke Shields sister is like the beautiful young sister who um, is like a, a great girl. Everybody loves her. She's having her communion and she's murdered in the church. She's uh, burned to death, choked and burned to death in this little box.
0: Yeah. it's nar- And it, it- it's pretty gnarly of a murder. It's not very graphic, but
1: you don't in, see it. But then, like shoot, someone looks in, and like they, it's like almost like a toy box in the church, and they open it, and you don't see inside, but all this fucking smoke billows out. I think you do see a burned corpse at one point, but it's 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 tastefully done, but it makes it more brutal feeling. And everybody thinks it's her sister because they have this raincoat and this like creepy little um, woman mask, like one of those like very translucent but like almost opaque mask that has makeup on it yep. and it totally hides your face everyone thinks it's this creepy sister who has been treating her shitty for the beginning in the movie and we've heard this sister is up to nonsense alice so alice kills i think the other sister's name was karen and there's like the police are looking into it the police are blaming her all this other creepy shit the there's an aunt that's blaming her. Why why wasn't she sitting with us during the communion? Where was mm-hmm. she? And then more attacks happen by this little girl in the trench coat, or not a trench coat, a yellow raincoat. And it's it's a big it's a like a, a a murder mystery. Like as the movie goes on, there's different things that happen that make it look like it's the girl, but also she's saying it wasn't her. She finally takes the lie detector test and says it was the dead sister who was doing it. And the lie detector comes back truthful. So you're like, well, what, what is going on here now? And uh, it's a really good movie. And if you haven't seen it, pause it because I'll spoil it in a second. But don't listen if you don't want it spoiled. Do you remember what the ending is?
0: It, it was like their nanny or something.
1: It was like some weird old lady who was like an old lady in the church yeah. who seems to be in love with the father and also loves the church so much. He had given the, the young girl at the beginning a special necklace from the church. And the old lady didn't agree with that she thought the mom was a whore and all this other stuff. So it, it really is kind of thinly put together at the end. It's not, I don't think it's a great aha moment, except someone is murdered and they pull the mask off or she pulls the mask off and it's this old lady. And you're like, what the fuck?
0: I remember that. That is like, it's supposed to be an aha, but it's more like an aha. what the fuck? Well,
1: then you're like, well, like I gave it the aha. And then I was like, but what was the reasoning again? And it's not really explicitly explained and it's not really strong but it's interesting because they do a one or two red herrings and there's this weird fat guy character. He, he gets killed. Creepy. Oh, there's a so couple creepy, really yeah. good stabbings and it's like brutal. It's not excessive, but it's a really good movie. The killer, this little girl in the, in the yellow rain slicker with this weird face mask. It's pretty scary. And the fact that you don't know who it is and it could be a kid. I mean, they're pointing towards a kid. They even point towards a cousin who's another kid for a while pretty good good performances all around um has a really good 70s sl- not slasher film but thriller i guess i would say because it doesn't feel like a slasher it, it feels doesn't more like, feel a thriller. like a
0: slasher it doesn't even really feel like a horror film but it is yeah creepy. more suspense it's suspense and creepy and a mystery like ooh, it, it it falls into me like a like american galeo you know that galeo sort of vibe italian horror film sort of okay
1: yeah thing. yeah i would say that and i guess a lot of America a lot of 70s slashers and that's threat slashers, I guess. Again, but like thrillers and suspense. It's, it's, it's kind proto of feel slasher
0: because like here's what makes it like proto slasher is there's a somebody in a mask and a costume killing. Sure, sure. Whereas like if it wasn't, it'd just be a murder movie, which would be like a mystery thriller. But like the reason I it definitely falls into that proto slasher genre is because of mask and mask knife and somebody's you know. See, and I'd almost costume.
1: say it's interesting. I'm thinking about slasher. Would you call Psycho, the original Psycho, a slasher?
0: No, but it's the original blueprint.
1: Fair. And I see, I would agree with that. I feel like this is closer to Psycho than it is to what we now call a slasher. Texas Chainsaw Massacre
0: is the original slasher, but it was so out there that it didn't create... So, like, you know, people give Halloween that credit to Mm -hmm. be the original slasher because it's a guy in a mask stabbing teenagers, and that created the blueprint that created the slasher craze. And the genre. Okay. Leatherface is the first guy in a mask chopping people up for horror's sake. 74.
1: Can you... Do you th- oh, here's a good question. Do you think a knife is essential for a slasher? Like, is a chainsaw too excessive of a weapon for it to be a slasher?
0: I mean, maybe that's why he didn't land slasher. But again, people didn't call Black Sabbath heavy metal. Sure. I, yeah, I guess they, you're right. They yeah, are yeah, the yeah. prototype of he- right, heavy metal. Right, yeah, like, I guess if, yeah,
1: I guess if you're the first one, you're not called that, right? The second right. one is called that. Interesting. Exactly. Well, I would think, I think Alice Leet Alice is more like Psycho because the kills kind of happen, or the kills and the, the the maimings and stuff happen out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, they build towards it. You as the audience usually know something's going to happen. But there are a couple times where, like, out of nothing, this character step, comes step, out step. and starts stabbing. Yeah. And that's what happens in Psycho. Whereas in, in Halloween and in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's, like, chase scenes where people are running. And I think that's a very important part of the slasher. So, I kind of agree with you that Psycho is a, a blueprint. And, yeah, I gotta, you're well, right. I think this is a good way to frame this one.
0: Think about this. They all come from Ed Gein. Texas Chainsaw right. Massacre and Psycho are all... Based on the real life serial killer Ed Gein, mm-hmm. and he only killed like two or three people. I can't, I can't remember. I just Lame. read a book about. It. I forgot he didn't kill that many people, but he dug up a bunch of graves, fucked the bodies, and like <laughs> fucking made skin suits out of them, and you know made creepy shit in his house. Like, holy shit, that's fucked up. And he has inspired you know that whole that whole thing Psycho mm. for his because he was obsessed with his mother and had her body, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre for wearing the skins and all that shit. Right, right, right. Wild, wild. But I think Halloween is the first one to do, hey, we're going to do this thing, guy in a mask stabbing teenagers. And everybody went, holy shit, we can do that. And it created, it was the blueprint that created the genre. I wouldn't, I wouldn't debate that. I think that's right. And again, Um, like people, people say that like Black Christmas is is a proto slasher. And it's like, yeah, but he's not stabbing anybody. He's like putting bags over their heads and stuff.
1: Does he stab some people? I don't know. He stabs someone in the eye with the little unicorn thing, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. little. Right, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're that's right. that's on my. I'm like savoring that. Mm. I'm gonna watch that. This. I mean, I almost watch. It, I pretty I pretty much watch it every year.
0: I can't but. wait to watch. I love Black Christmas. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I want to get into Christmas movies. Can I? Can I briefly bring up because I don't want to get too far away from it? Tales from the Crypt, Demon Night.
1: Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, you can.
0: That movie's so goddamn good, dude. So that movie, goddamn good. To
1: me, is almost like a budget Dust Till Dawn. There's so many commonalities between yeah. the two, but I, I I saw that in theaters. It's fan-fucking-tastic. Great and, practical effects. And it's such a fun movie. Talk about a fun 90s MTV movie. Yes. That's what that is, man. Go so, ahead. Go, give, me a, give me your thoughts.
0: You have Billy Zane as this hot fucking demon. I mean, I'll give it the, to him. The best character he's ever, ever played. played. Billy Zane is this... And the movie starts. It's two cars chasing down the street. And one guy does it like a hard skid. And um, it's... it's what's his name? Uh, who is...
1: The Who's bad the, guy from Die Hard 2.
0: It's the bad guy from Die Hard 2. Um, what's his fucking name? Why can't I remember his name?
1: Good prepping. Good prepping.
0: Yeah. Is it William Sadler? Yes, it that is. That sounds right. William Sadler. He's in Shawshank Redemption. He's yeah, in the yeah, 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 He's in Die Hard 2. Um, he's death in Bill and Ted's... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's death in the Bill and Ted movie. Yeah. Anyway, so he hard skids in the car stands out with a shotgun aiming at a car driving full speed at him boom 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 the car explodes into flames almost knocks him over and billy zane just walks out of the fire and he's like he is this smooth talking demon who's just hilarious like i think he's really funny in the movie and uh william sadler runs to this shitty uh motel where all these people are hold up inside and they all have like secret wants and desires so when the demons show up and he's like i came to get something you stole from me and he's like, well, I'm not going to give it to you. And the cops show up and it's this whole thing. And they start assaulting the motel. And William Sadler has this vial with like blood in it, the blood of Christ. And he's like sealing off the doors with a magical barrier. So the demons can't get in, which
1: the, I think is such a cool idea.
0: Yeah. So then um, Billy Zane as a demon starts tempting people to like, you know, betray your friends and and I'll let you live And every single person in it, like has a different reason to maybe be betrayed or not or whatever. And it's super fun. It's super violent. Really bloody. All these awesome practical effects. Bunch of characters that you'll recognize. Jada Pickett Smith's in it. And I just think it's so good. The demons are really cool. <laughs> they look fucking
1: great. They all they have like great. that backwarded stilt legs. You know, yeah. like a like, uh, goat leg. Yeah. They look so fucking good.
0: It's, it is an awesome movie. A bunch of... Hey, that person. Oh, that person too. Mm-hmm. That guy's in it? I love it. I love it so much, dude. And it was super fun and just... One of those movies I don't think got enough credit ever because The Tales from the Crypt yeah. was never that good. Tales from the Crypt has a huge nostalgia factor for me. I love Tales from the Crypt, but like it was never that good. It never elevated to the point that you were like well, I think it was like the people
1: chicks. that loved it loved it. It was a good cult show, almost yes. like a cult movie, midnight yeah. movie, but a show. But it, and it I had, think and
0: budget, you know, it was never that big budget and to the see show? It at that level, yeah, to see oh, it at that level sure. was fucking yeah.
1: awesome. But when you—that's the thing. When you, I think, if you like the show, you're gonna fucking love the movie, Bordello of Blood, which was the second Tales from the Crypt movie. I didn't think was as good. It was fine, but it wasn't as good. This movie is just like the show, amped up a full letter grade. The like you said, the 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 makeups are great. The practical effects are amazing. The violence and the action is really cool. Billy Zane's—I mean, there's a couple other characters. Jada Pinkett Smith plays a really cool badass chick. There's a couple other characters that plays dick Uncle miller Willie? i mean his fantasy is the best yeah um
0: <laughs> he gets Willie, a bunch
1: of topless chicks <laughs>
0: Willie, yeah, Willie, Willie, um,
1: Willie. but billy zane's character is like where's the spinoff for that movie he plays like a hick human you know a demon human form and he just plays like this this baller cowboy who's just fucking over the top on purpose and he's the only one doing it but it just sells it so well to like what would a cocky ass demon who's never been beat yeah act like right he and it's doesn't give a so fuck. tongue-in-cheek funny right he does such a great job
0: he seems like a car salesman who wants to go home yeah he literally is just like i'm gonna sell this car i don't even care but i'm running out of time so we gotta speed this up come on baby let's make a sale like he's fucking great and what did you say william sadler's is the yeah william sadler I can't he does a great think.
1: job too because great. he is almost always that guy and he's almost always second or third in the cast he's you know one of the top two to three characters in this movie he's the protagonist for pretty much the whole movie he's the guy who knows what's going on he's the guy that both to the other characters and to the audience explains to us what's happening yeah. um i give him good action stuff like he plays a badass in this and he does badass it with a
0: shotgun and a vial of christ's blood Fucking awesome and so then when they like get into like the meat and potatoes what's happening he has this big flashback where he was like i was in world war one and this guy like grabbed me. He's like, I'm going to die, but the darkness is coming and now you have to carry the torch. And it's like you, this dude basically grabs him and they have this like mind meld transfer where like he sees the blood of Christ collecting this vial. Mm-hmm. And if you are the owner or if you are the protector of this thing, like you will live forever. And then when you die, you have to put your blood in the vial and it gives right. you the power to fight the demons and keep it going. And it's like, that's crazy cool and 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 the way they show it is really cool like him going through history and time and it's ah, what a isn't there a kid
1: in them in the hotel too who turns into a demon they kill him shitty
0: little kid yeah and they kill him yeah but he dies right he gets killed yeah awesome practical monster awesome yeah kid gets fucked up yeah it's also it's full of good moments it's it's
1: a that's a fun movie that's one of those movies it's good to watch by yourself it would probably be good to make jokes and stuff through like shitty movie sunday but if you watched it with a bunch of people, you would just have more like, "Whoa, oh, that was awesome!" More yeah. than like making fun of it. You're not really going to make fun of it. You're just going to enjoy the shit out of it.
0: And and it does a great job because it starts off with this bitching car explosion, and just when you're like, "They better do something," a cop gets his face punched in. Like, yeah, punched oh,
1: that's right, the
0: fuck in. And and I I was like, they did a great job of just amping it up from there on out. Like from that point on, like the movie's nonstop baller.
1: It's pretty much one of those movies that like. I just wish it was longer. Like, if you said, Matt, you could change one thing about this, I would say make it three hours long. Like, I don't, there's nothing else about Where's
0: it. Where's the sequel where Jada Pinkett Smith is fighting more demons? Like, sure. They set it up that more demons are coming and Jada Pinkett Smith is, is here to fight demons now. Show me that. Give me more of that. She
1: gets on a bus, right? And she yeah, seals she gets the on door a bus, of the bus. And, and she seals summons- the door. And the Someone bus tries stops. to get on and he says, oh, I'll wait for the next one. And he just starts whistling the Tales of the Crypt theme, right?
0: Yep. And some different, different cowboy bad guy. Yeah. Awesome. awesome.
1: Awesome. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those movies that's like, why are more people talking about that?
0: It just got, I, I think it got skipped over because people were like, oh, Tales from the Crypt's that cheesy show on late night HBO. Yeah, it is, but they made a movie and it's fucking <laughs> yeah, ball. Yeah, it's like, fucking great though. <laughs> like, for what it is, it's great. Yeah. I, love, I love Tales from the Crypt. Like, come on. But, like, I, I understand people are like, eh, not my thing. Fine. If it didn't hit you when it did, like, I don't know if I could get into Tales from the Crypt now. Like, rewatching it, it's a little tough. But when I was a teenager and we had HBO, that was that was awesome. especially the
1: episodes with toplessness you were like oh yeah
0: yeah it hit everything it gave me nudity and horror movie stuff awesome thanks Taylor there's the there's Crypt. some
1: i love those there's some so really good. good ones. it'd be interesting though like if i could somehow take my nostalgic glasses off and watch an episode not remember what i watched it the first time as a kid not remember the ambiance of the show watching it as a 12 year old but just watch it straight now would i enjoy it or appreciate it as much or does the nostalgia make up a lot of that? I would think you and I, people like you and I, probably like it more, even with that, because we appreciate that kind of shit to begin with. Yeah. I tried to um, watch it
0: with Kate. I tried to watch a couple episodes with Kate. And she was not having it, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little too cheesy. It's a little yeah, too I cheesy. Get it. And sometimes it's over the top, sometimes they're awesome. And like we watched, we watched maybe a season of it. And she was like, some of them were good. I'll give mm-hmm. you some of them were cool. But a lot of it was really cheesy. And also like early HBO, so it didn't know how to meld things together well. And like, yeah, hey, yeah, we're yeah. a horror show. Hey, we're Skinnamax. You know, let's have some late night, <laughs> late night boobies. And you're like, because like sometimes like you're literally watching. You're like, you only have a half hour to tell this story because you're going to tell like, you know, how long were they? Like forty five yeah. minutes, thirty minutes. I think
1: they, yeah, I think they were thirty minutes. Maybe, maybe and, they were forty five, but I don't think so.
0: Again, all four horror and 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 nudity or whatever you're going to do. That makes it fun. But, like, they would, like, come to a screeching halt to have this happen. And you're like, yeah, but what about that monster? Like, this is great, but, like, are we going to finish the monster? Like, you're, you're messing You'll up the me flow of the story. Don't get me wrong. I
1: love me some boobs, but at the same time.
0: Yeah. They're like, screech. I get that. I get that. Because <laughs> they didn't know how to keep a story going. You want to see monster delivered. boobs.
1: That's your, that's your ultimate show I right there.
0: Combine it together. it should be perfect. <laughs>
1: You got to watch Mausoleum. Monster boobs with little <laughs> with monster the, faces nah, 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 on them. Nah, nah, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. I
0: saw it. I saw it. I watched it when we talked about it. So good. Um, do you got any well, more hit, movies? Yeah, hit yeah. me with
1: some Christmas. Hit me with All some right. Christmas.
0: So we're getting into Christmas, and we're getting into Christmas movies, and we're getting you know some of my favorite. I love Christmas movies. And probably my favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's I, I think it's so good. Captures that magic of a child thing and, and a great era. Has It has a very cringy scene that I wish wasn't there, but that's okay. The rest of it is fantastic. Um, <laughs> Which one is cringy? The, the Chinese kid, kid, kid food scene? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say when the kid gets murdered in gang rape, but no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that scene. Mm-hmm. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. No, there's a horribly cringy um, the, the Chinese food scene that is not necessary. You can cut a piece of that out and it would have been fine, but whatever. Anyway, uh, of its time, I suppose. But a new movie just came out called 8-Bit Christmas. Neil okay. Patrick Harris. And it is, I think, unabashedly was like, we're just going to do... A Christmas story but for 90s kids 80s kids who wanted Nintendo's so instead of a Red Rider BB gun it's a Nintendo and that is the premise of the movie and they go from there and we watched it with my oh, oh, my mom over Thanksgiving and I started out like not physically but like in my mind hands on my hip being like are you trying to be a Christmas story right now you mm-hmm. think you're gonna out Christmas story a Christmas story are you really this just blatantly gonna rip this movie off?" This movie that I love, you're just gonna rip it off and use that formula. Fuck you, eight bit Christmas. And about halfway through, I'm like, okay, they're a little. That's kind of clever. I see where you're going. And by the end, I was like, you guys did it. Good job. I love you.
1: Were you what? literally choked up? Because Christmas I got, story makes me cry almost every time I watch it. I got
0: choked up at the end. I got a little right. misty at the end, a little misty at the end. I wasn't like I wasn't like and It wasn't like Spider Verse, but it was. Uh, <laughs> 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 I got a little misty. And I thought I thought they did a great job, but it had a huge hill to climb, and it found its own footing. And they unabat, like they straight up are like, we're ripping off this movie. They, I, I think, the movie knows right off the bat we're just updating this for an audience that we think would appreciate it, and then finds its own footing, does its own thing well, and it's it's actually really funny and like had some good jokes, and at the end had a really nice poignant poignant ending. Wait, when is it from now? Just came out like over Thanksgiving streaming yeah it's on hbo go hbo max or whatever HBO, some sort of hbo yeah and uh neil patrick harris is in it and like it has some really funny so his daughter is like dad i want a phone i want a phone so bad i'll do anything to get a phone he's like i wanted a nintendo so bad and they're at grandparents house for christmas mm-hmm. and he's like let me show you the nintendo and they're playing it. and she's like oh man and he's like let me tell you about this so he starts telling the story he's like I, is it
1: literally nintendo or is it like nintendo he's like
0: game uh he's like it wasn't just a gaming system it was dibbed an entertainment system nintendo and, like, entertainment sh- system. lights are blow up blasting out around and he's it's it's this kid and he's narrating it he's like and i had to ride my bike to school and she's like were you wearing a helmet and it shows him not wearing a helmet And he's like uh yeah i was wearing a helmet ding and a helmet just <laughs> appears on him it's like we always wear helmets like he his dad is one of those guys who always has a project going and never finishes the project and he's like yeah. he's like well, how about you help me out son and it's basically a rehash of the help me change the tire scene but sure he's like dad i really want to he's trying to convince his parents independently to get him a nintendo and he's like yeah, dad uh i need something that could help me strengthen my thumbs and uh, a nintendo would do that and then i can help you help <laughs> you do woodworking stuff and she's like were you wearing eye goggles And he's like uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> steve's on is the dad steve's okay. on. It's fun he's fun he's a good dad character i guess he's really fun and and he's funny too i, I like how they did it um and like, so then, the, so then the town starts banning Nintendos because they're bad for kids. <laughs> like, they just do some funny stuff. There's one bit where they all, the one kid gets a Nintendo and they all have to like go to his house, but he's a piece of shit. And he's like, he's like, all right, what'd you bring me? And the kids have to give him, bribe him to go play the Nintendo. And he shows up with the power glove and everybody's like, fuck yeah. He goes, and that was the day. He realized something that many of us would realize that the power glove sucked. <laughs> he like <laughs> loses and he's so pissed that he drop kicks his T V and it falls on a dog and kills it. And I was like <laughs> It's dying. <laughs> There's like the
1: power glove.
0: And like it's full of these like funny beats and like again, full of the DNA from a Christmas story. You know in a Christmas story that kid who's like, I like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I like the tin. I like
1: the tin man.
0: That's a character in the movie but he's like there the whole time. They have a character who's like lies constantly and they like everything he says isn't true, which is kind of funny. But then they have to figure out how to uh, get a Nintendo. It's super fun.
1: And you it said it's HBO. HBO, yeah. I, I, and it's and, current so that H, they've now marred, like have now marred together the boobs and the comedy. Yes, in an acceptable way on, for you it doesn't come to a screeching tits. halt. Yeah, does it come to a screeching halt? The boobs are integrated throughout the plot.
0: (laughs) Throughout the plot, yes.
1: (laughs) Eight-bit boobs, I'd watch that.
0: (laughs) No, it's it's a good movie. Um, But I'm reading very bizarre reviews. People are like, who is this for? The jokes are for children, but the nostalgia is like for adults. And I'm like, yeah, that's who it's for. It's for adults who have children.
1: Yeah, isn't it like isn't that what Chris, most Christmas movies, at least in the last 15 years, are about? A
0: lot of people can't seem to understand the vibe, and they're like, it's just ripping off a Christmas story. Yes, I think it knows it's doing yes. that.
1: <laughs> they're not trying to fool us. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I I think I think literally, it's like a Christmas story for a new generation is literally the tagline for it. And and okay, so if you think it's did did you think they did a good job? There are a lot of movies that are ripoffs of other movies. Did they do a good job? Is it still entertaining? So I I think it did a great job, but it's the reviews are all over the place. Where people don't seem to understand who it's for. People in their thirties and forties with children—that's who it's for specifically. So, so you
1: think kids, the people writing those reviews are like a lot of Genesis players? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Sonic Forever. <laughs> Bababooey, bababooey, Sonic Forever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm a Sega Saturn guy, <laughs> like, oh, and then there's some asshole be like, PC Forever. He's like just playing with a big floppy disk, like <laughs> click, click. <laughs> While you were all playing Super Mario, I was playing Zork. Okay. <laughs> Word games, text based adventures were the best. <laughs> My God, oh, ridiculous so yeah check check that out guys let All me know right. what you think about that I, I would like to hear other people's opinions i think some people probably be like suck but i think some people be like you know what pretty good
1: same with some 90s movies either the ones that we talked about today if there's ones that you like or the ones that we talked about if you agree with us if you disagree with us things you did like or didn't like about them Um, we clearly didn't, we we weren't doing an episode about nineties, even though we spent a lot of stuff, but what are some, I guess, suggest to Rumi, what are some nineties movies that you would suggest that are important to that decade or just fun?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear what nineties movies, are we missing? What were the gems that you thought were worth checking out? There's a lot of garbage, but. I think there's some good ones in there, too. Uh, let us know. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod, and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. And that YouTube, big shout out to new listeners. We've had an influx of new listeners, so we appreciate everyone who is sharing the word and spreading the good news of the Launchpad Podcast. I hope you're taking us traveling, guys. We love to hear when people are like, I survived four hours in a car with my in-laws listening to the Launchpad podcast. I love hearing that. People who take us on long plane flights while they're traveling over the holidays. That's always fun to hear.
1: That's roomy. I like the opposite. I like when you're like, uh, you guys fuck my Christmas up because I played you in front of my in-laws and my grandma was like, dildo pizza? What? <laughs> your, your mother-in-law is like, I actually didn't like the Boondock Saints. <laughs>
0: she's like natural born killers what a bunch of film school rejects you should listen to some watch some Truffaut and then come talk to me (laughs) she's shitting on your film choice Uh, she's like I bet you had a Scarface poster on your dorm room wall (laughs) (laughs) yeah let
1: us know if we're fucking up your holidays
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy Oh boy! All right, Rumi, let's blast this thing off
1: <laughs> before I make a bla- an old lady black Christmas joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're the Rocketeers, and we are out.
1: Ignition sequence start. Six, five,
0: four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine women, look We have a look